Hello, hello, hello. Hey, hey, it's hey. us again. again. You thought you got rid of us, but here we are. Friday, <laughs> we just keep 3 p.m. every week. Here we are. Every single week. Every single We're keeping week. our promise. We are. We are. I'm quite proud of our, ourselves because, as you know, yeah. I'm going to Paris in less than four <laughs> weeks. This information um, just, I can't deal with it. It's my body, it's shaking. When this comes out, it'll be less than three weeks. Is that not crazy? Wow, holy crap. Yeah, I know. Oh my god. Yeah. So, this you is know. flying by. I know. I, tell me about it. So, that being said, we've both had a lot of things on, but you know what? We are yes. keeping our promise. Here yep. we are every Friday We're at 3 making PM. Time for you the guys podcast. are getting a new podcast episode, new and podcast I'm so excited to talk about today's film, which is one of my oh, favorite films. It's so good. It's so fucking good. Such a such Amazing. a change from Avatar last week. Oop. Oh my god, I know. Sorry for shitting on Avatar, guys. I hope you don't. Yeah, um, you yeah don't just remember, me. just remember, film is subjective. So if you like it, I'm not gonna bust down your door, but you are wrong. So. But at the same time, yeah, if you like Avatar and like live by that, then. Sorry, Maria Norabiev. <laughs> oh, do they like it? Oh, they love it. Like they, I talked to them last night, and they were like, oh. I love that film. And I said, no, I didn't like it. And I bitched about it on the podcast. They're like, maybe I won't watch that episode then. I'll listen to that episode. Really? Really. OMG, Marie and Robbie F, I'm so sorry. Oh, no. Oh, these are Anna's parents, by the way, if you didn't know that. Yes, Robbie F is my my dad. My mum said that she, she thought it was okay, but like, yeah, she thought it was good, but... I think I think it's different when you're coming from like our perspective when we're like a different generation exactly. and stuff. Um, so enough shitting enough, on Avatar yes, again. Get Avatar out of here. It Why is. don't we roll the track? Time to roll the track for a new episode. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's talk. Go, bitches. Oh my god. <laughs> What? How did you say that? Sorry. I don't want to say <laughs> With me and Anna. Needless to say, I keep her chick. She was a bad, bad, nevertheless. That's Calling such it a good song. Now, baby, I'm a wreck. I love but, that song. So, I'll note um, or alti. <laughs> I Altino had, Shade. Altino Shade. I watched Spider-Verse like 10 minutes ago from recording this. And I was in such a hurry to get here that I, I couldn't finish the credit song. Oh no! Which is arguably the best part. Sad. So I guess that gives away that we're doing Into the Spider-Verse today for Cannot our main wait. film. But before Cannot that, wait. we need to jump into Scene Shuffle where we will be discussing... Da, 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 da. Which decade do you enjoy being portrayed on screen the most? A very most. good topic. I think it was yeah. you that came up with this one. Yes. So, very, very good. I have a feeling we're probably going to say the same thing. Maybe. I think I'm, so. I'm in, I'm just, I don't know. So, I have said the 80s. I had a feeling you were going to say the 80s. <laughs> oh, no. No, I have a feeling I know what... Yeah, I know what you're going to say. The 50s? You've got it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, 
nah, she she loves the 80s. And I was like, no, she loves her big vintage dresses. I do. It's no it's, lie. Yeah. So tell us a wee bit about that. The 50s. Why? It's just such an iconic period of time. Like, so the reason I came up with this uh, question for Scene Shuffle was because of WandaVision. And if you don't know what WandaVision is, quickly go and watch it and then come back. Go and oh, watch hi. the entire yes. Wand. <laughs> You're back. Uh, WandaVision <laughs> basically takes place within different decades of sitcom eras. And my favorite one that practically inspired my first um, look that I was trying to go for for my first um, trans outing was the dress that Wanda wore in episode one, which was based on the 50s because she looks gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And just the style, the like... I love black and white as well, and I love four by three aspect ratio. Like it's no, it's no lie by now it's that I'm a vintage like kid. It's not like you mentioned that before. <laughs> Where are you going again? To, in three weeks. <laughs> um. Yeah. I just. Oh, I love it. It's so like. Oh, there's something about the dialogue in the fifties as well. Like the recording yeah. of the audio, it just sounds so retro. It's very reminiscent of a time that like. We, we we have this idea of what it was like and that idea is made up of the style and the sound mm-hmm. and, and all that. So for us, that we have no idea what it was like to live then apart from documentations of the 50s. Yeah. It's really like almost nostalgic for us mm-hmm. in a way that's like through cinema and TV. Exactly. And like one of my favourite parts of film at the minute are like fashion. And mm-hmm. I just, I am in love with the fashion of the 50s. Like, yeah, I just, absolutely. I think it's amazing. Like, so, like, Aubrey Hepburn and. Marilyn yes, Monroe, like those shoulder cut permed hair yeah. dudes. I know. With exactly those moles and red lips, just. Mwah, chef's kiss. <laughs> um, so, I said the 80s. I couldn't really think of anything, like, other than, like, what that's set in a particular decade. Honestly, WandaVision didn't even cross my mind, which I feel it. A bit, a bit embarrassed to admit. Um, I do <laughs> enjoy I, the fifties, but what were you going to say? I think I know what did cross your mind, and that is Strangler Things. Yes. Yes. Absolutely, it's Stranger Things. Of course. Because I think it does such a good job at portraying that kind of thing. But I also really like. Um, I also really like Full House, the the sitcom, like oh, okay. the family family show, um, and it was set in the very late. 80s and early 90s and that those kind of like shows from the 80s or that kind of thing just bring me like a bit of like comfort yeah i could say i guess it's like 80s 90s because as we mentioned like you know everybody loves raymond that kind of thing well that's more early 2000s but these kind of anything that's like sitcom-y from from the 80s 90s or noughties like Mm-hmm. really like bring me a sense of comfort so I picked the 80s just because Stranger Things does it so well so, um, 80s was going to be my second choice and I think when you like when you think about the 80s you know exactly what it's about like you know the scrunchies the bright colours the kind of you know um, the leotards yeah you know the, the geometric tops and things the neon symbols yeah you know it's all very reminiscent like it's all very clear, you know. We know exactly what the eighties are like, yeah. and you know what they were like. So it's very, um, it just like seems like even though, have you seen the things on TikTok where it's like, 
oh, kids born in 2050 are going to look back at the 2020s and be like, OMG, I wish I could have lived there. Like, oh, the yeah. Like, lockdown. It was so, like, such an easy time. And I was Don't like, I feel like... us. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I feel like my mum, if I said to her, like, oh, my God, life seems so, like it would have been so simple in the 80s, like, it probably is the same kind of idea. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I just really like the kind of vibe of it. I mean, I know there was a lot of stuff going on in history and... When isn't there, to be honest? Yeah, absolutely. But um, one thing I did want to say about (laughs) decades. Go for it. I hate when things are set in the current time with, and they try and portray Gen Z humour. And they do it badly. Like, it's fine if if they pull it off. Yeah, but But it's like they're trying, like, it's obviously, like, millennials or, like, people older that are trying to produce this and have a say Exactly. And it's like, like, I cringe every single time. That was exactly what was the case with, um, with the new Cheaper by the Dozen film on Disney+. Plus. Um, because I think what people in film and, like, people that have lots of money think that the 2020s are like for people our age is that we're all, like, woke yeah it's just another stereotype well it's not that we're but like we're not like i definitely you know we're definitely more aware of those issues but they take it to like a different like i think as a as a generation we're all like trying to to be progressive and things but they they take it that's like oh my god i'm woke you know and they like spin it because they have a different definition of what woke is Mm -hmm. um so they they turn it into this horrible oh it's really strange yeah, I, I know. But what I you absolutely mean. hate it. I hate it. Like Millie and I were watching um like just five minutes ago, we were watching the new season of Never Have I Ever. Oh, okay. And uh, some of the jokes in it are like like it's like, oh my god, that was a that was a crazy burn or that was like a savage burn. And I was like, Oh no. who says that? No one. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Um, but if you asked any like forty-year-old what a sixteen-year-old says, oh, probably yeah. something like, oh, like that was a joke. like it's how like, Miss Maud used to say like you yes, know Miss Maud used to be like, like oh I bet I bet you're all on Fortnite or on the um, TikTok flip talk yes or, or Snapchat or something. There was one it, she said was, that was really funny. It was NS2 French when she's like. Um, there was this dating app that got cancelled or not dating app like the social media app that got cancelled and everybody was on it and she it had this stupidest name oh was it uh, Yik Yak Yik Yak that is it yeah. it's just like yak, going yik. on your Yik Yak <laughs> like it just I felt like it pained her every time she said it like the Yik Yak <laughs> oh yeah but I feel like it's exactly that like it's exactly like her kind of like do you know what I mean yeah but I get, oh. but she's doing it cringe, like, yeah, she, uh, but I, ironically. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> if they were to do that in film, it would pay off. But alas, <laughs> no. That's only a dream. Yes, I just can't wait for Bill Gates to slide into my DMs. <laughs> oh my god, that's, that's so true. It's like, yeah. oh my god, who he's going to be the next Elon Musk. No. <laughs> No fam. Uh, no, but yeah, like, no fam. That's crazy fam. Why would you think that fam? fam. Slay girl. Slay work it, hunted fierce. <laughs> Slay work it. Yep, yeah, crazy. 
Um, it's like I how I, I used to say slay. Like, oh remember God, when I we were playing so Minecraft? It's like, slay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, like, so when I started watching Drag Race, um, like, when I was maybe, like, 14, 15, I, like, I don't know, because we, we didn't really know each other at this point, but I made it my entire personality, and I'd just go, yas, queen, slay. Yeah. You even had a yes, jumper that said, like, Queen, I had a, a, a sachet away on it, which I still away. wear. I love that jumper. And it was a jumper yeah. that I got like with an Amazon gift card from Amazon. And it's like really, but I love that jumper. It was a staple of my wardrobe for a long time. Yes. Um, but like some of Netflix really... originals, what were we going to say? Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, some of Netflix originals are doing like decades really nicely. Like mm-hmm. I'm watching The Crown right now. And yeah, like the crown spans over the forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties, and nineties, and now the two thousands with the new season. So it like covers a great big span of time. I liked how you could what you you said everyone where you could have just said forties to like noughties. <laughs> I mean, I committed to eighties. I was like, I'm gonna finish this. Um, yeah, and Claire Foy, Claire Foy is hot as the queen. Not gonna lie. I I don't know who you're talking about. Hang on, let's see. Claire Foy is probably one of my favorite actors, actresses. She's really pretty, and she has she's oh. amazing as the. Queen. I would say she looks quite like you. The the kind of face shape she has. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Just um, call me the next Claire Foy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that like. Netflix does a really good job with this, but at the same time, mm. they're also the guiltiest of making these like oh, of Gen course. Z, like like it's it's like with Moxie, like can you not see yeah. where that where Moxie plays into that? It's like Moxie and to all the boys they love before and all those that are like they have like the narration over the top of it. Do you know what I, I mean? I feel like so many films and TV shows that are set in present day have narration over them. Yeah, for better or like, for worse. This is me. I'm, yeah. uh, you know, we. I mean, Turning Red did do that, but I think they did it in like a different, like they appealed to two thousands culture in a way better exactly. way, and they approached it. Whereas they, I feel like they, they actually did the research, it. yeah, because exactly. Pixar always do the research. But with this, it's like, this is me. I love to slay every day. When I'm not <laughs> yeah. slaying, it really gets me down. Oh, whoops! I need to check my iPhone eighty to see yeah. if I got the new update. Oh my god, I have 3,000 it's, it's, lit- it's literally like, <laughs> let me take a selfie. Literally, and it's like, oh, with all this like, dee, 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 like music behind yeah. it. Yeah. It's like, and it's like an image of her walking into the school and she's like, there's a boy I like. He's the captain of the football team. I'm just a nerd. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like... Mm-hmm. High school musical what? <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Just dragged my own, uh, my own movie there. Um, um, yeah, like most most films that I watch that are set now are films that don't adhere to that um, trend that yeah. find their path and like find their footing. Like, find their place, yeah. Yeah. Like my next pick of the week for you this week is is one that is set in... I thought you were going to say the name there. I was like, ooh. Is set in... Um, 
either like twenty the twenty tens or like early twenty twenties, but I think it's the twenty tens because it doesn't involve the pandemic, and that's basically what the twenty twenties are. So yeah, far. you can kind of you can tell. Even though yeah. I wonder if that's an interesting question. I wonder if films are going to portray that. I wonder. Like, It'd be very film, interesting. Like an interesting. I mean, I'm sure, like down the line, like in twenty forty or whatever, there will be the. Living in the pandemic, my story, you know. Of course. That kind of girl that's like, gets the text notification, you're in lockdown now, congrats. Yeah. Oh no. Hashtag us. Literally. Oh my God, let's make Insta coffee and I'm going to do Chloe Ting's workouts every day. And yeah, and uh, who, was, who was the guy? He was, oh fuck, my mum used to watch his, his videos. Oh, um... Joe Wicks. Is, Joe Wicks, yeah. Yeah. Joe Wicks. Until he until oh. he twisted his ankle and stopped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. that's interesting. Um, yeah. What decade do you like? Shown on screen. Let us know in the comments. Absolutely, we will have a little post on Instagram where you can uh, comment below. Um, which yeah. decade you enjoy being portrayed the most. So make sure you go and have a look at that. It should be up by the time this yes. has come out and see what everyone else thinks. You know, it's a great way mm. to find like-minded people. So make sure you head on over exactly. uh, to our Instagram. That's at, at LTFB podcast on Instagram. You got it right. Uh, thank God. This time. Yeah. Yeah. This I'll time. be seeing it in my sleep. Yeah. Honestly, like, you know, um, you know, when you close your eyes and you can see stuff when you sleep. Yes. Oh my so God. Much. I'm not the only one. Do you know that there was a point in lockdown, I'm sure this, well, it was in, like, second lockdown, this is totally, like, unrelated, where I used to shut my eyes and see Fortnite. Oh, like, nice. I thought you were going to say Minecraft I, for the first lockdown. I mean, yeah, I'm sure I did, but, like, very, like, not that long ago, like, I'd shut my eyes and be, like, running on this, like, Fortnite, I, like, I'd be oh my seeing God. my Fortnite character as <laughs> if my brain was just the screen, do you know what I mean? Yeah, wow. So, yeah, but, okay. um... Before we move on to pick of the week, I have one mm-hmm. more question to ask you. Ooh. And I was thinking about this when I was working today. And it's very interesting because I want to know what it, what film has you most excited to watch in the cinema going forward? Like, what film are you most excited to see in the cinema now, if any? Hmm, this is a... This is a good one. The only one that I can like think of right now, I am definitely going to go and see the new Hunger Games film, The Ballad of Songbirds oh, and yeah. Snakes, in the cinema. Um, because I have really fond memories of going to see the Hunger Games, like the last two Hunger Games films with my dad in the cinema. He loves the Hunger mm. Games. Pass. So we went to see them together. Um, but honestly, that one, let me see. what. What else? I honestly like don't even know what's coming out like in terms of like Disney yeah. or Pixar or like any animation I don't really know what's um what's it not the same. what's coming out what's yours so my one I I thought that's because I was I got an ad for it it's it's a film called Don't Worry Darling that has Florence Pugh and Harry Styles in oh, it oh yeah yeah I would, I, I would probably go and see that in the cinema so yeah so excited for that the plot looks amazing like I mean. I it looks exactly like my kind of film. Oh, yeah, I think so. And I love Florence Pugh. Like, I think she's yeah. great. She's really good. Um, but I don't know about Harry Styles. Like, I haven't really seen him in much. Like, I know he's been in Dunkirk and stuff, but, like... He was in Dunkirk? 
Yeah. He was like Me? a big part of Dunkirk. Really? Yeah, that was his first like, yeah. Damn, I that? thought this that was, was his... his filmmaking, his film oh, no. debut, apart from Eternals. No. Oh, no, no, no. He was in Dunkirk in like, when did Dunkirk come out? It must uh, have been like 2018 or something. 2017. Um. Yeah, he was like the main guy in it, was he not? Let's see. Oh, it's in it's in French. À Dunkerque, oh les soldats britanniques, français et belges sont encerclés, encerclés par l'armée allemande et évacués dans l'une des entreprises les plus ambitieuses de la Seconde Guerre mondiale. My God, I don't know what you just said, but. <laughs> does it have Harry Styles in it? Yeah, it definitely does. I'm just looking for the. I'm looking for the um. Cast list. Distribution people. I'm trying to look at the cast list. Can't find it, but he's on the cover, so. Oh, okay. Looking I up. think. Um, but yeah, I can't really think. If let's see, movies being released Go in 2022. That. Let's have a look at this and see. Oh my god, I okay. am so warm. Yeah, if you've that been in the UK life. this week, you'll know that it's um. It is host hot, roasty toasty. Roasty toasty. Oh, this sounds good. A fictionalized chronicle of the inner life of Marilyn Monroe, blonde apparently. Yeah, I forgot about that. I can't wait everything, to watch that. Everything in here is in French as well. I'm, I must be on a French like website. Aren't you? It's a pricing, though. <laughs> it says, "Les mignons de." Il était en fois gros. So that <laughs> means you would translate that as, "Minions two, once upon a gros." Once upon a gros. Once upon a gros, yeah, because it's that's like, hilarious. Il était en fois is once upon a time, but it's obviously translated to once once upon a gros. Um, yeah. Let's see. Um, I can't really see anything else. Like I've seen a lot of these already. Like these are all ones that have all come out already. But yeah, I always think yeah, I can't... the latter part of the year has the lesser known yeah films apart from and Christmas. Honestly, I am looking forward to seeing Avatar two. Like I'm intrigued. Like I'm I'm. I'm more genuinely... excited for the next Black Panther film. Oh yeah, it'll be good as well. I mean, there's yeah. always films that, like, even if they're not, like, your kind of thing, like, that you're looking forward to in general, like, it's That's good to experiment good to and, and explore. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I think we have covered our scene shuffle. So shall, shall we uh, take a wee jaunt over to our picks of the week? Let's do it. Hello, pick of the week. Pick of the week. Hello. So I'm gonna go first this week because I've noticed yes. that you have gone first all the time. So you let me go I'm first. Go... I do. You um, can go that's first. A bit... Let's Before. switch up a wee bit. <laughs> so your pick of the week for me this week was Enola Holmes. Yes. Starring Millie Bobby I... Brown. I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, it's good, isn't it? I was like, I was like, oh, this is the the main word I would use to describe it is cute. This is cute. Yeah. Like. It's, it's not exceptional, it's not bad, but it's cute. I just realized that it like kind of links into what we were talking about with 
the breaking of the fourth wall talking to like yeah. the viewer but I yeah. think I think it pays off in this film yeah absolutely yeah um so yeah moving on to my big three uh, my first star was the casting was absolutely perfect. Millie Bobby Brown is just this like Millie and I were watching it and she was like, "This must have been so easy compared to Stranger Things." For <laughs> yeah. Because like you can tell in Stranger Things, like that's the best of her ability. Like that's she's putting one hundred and ten percent into that. Yeah. Whereas in this, it's like it's like a breeze. Like she doesn't even yeah. have to think about it because she is such a naturally good actor and she's someone who's gonna grow up and win awards you know she's going to be in stuff you know if she's yeah. put in the right things if she's cast in the right films and productions she is going to be really big so she, she was really good is. i also liked henry cavill in it a sherlock um, holmes yeah he wasn't the sherlock holmes that i was expecting yeah but he was good he really takes a back seat in in all homes i've been yeah. stealing the show well i thought that was i thought that was good i thought he was a wee bit like I think he could have had a bigger role to play, um, like in some parts, but I liked it. Yeah. Um, so my second star was, I really liked the way it was edited and I liked the, I know we were just talking about narration styles and how it doesn't always work, but I mm-hmm. liked that she would like talk to the camera and like break the fourth yeah. wall all the time. And it's stuff. A, I feel like it's a very Sherlock Holmes thing to do, like to be so smart that you're like, oh, I even know there's a camera there. I'm just going to talk to the people watching. Yeah, I thought it was really, like, it just reflected her personality really well. And um, I really, really liked that part of it. Yes. Now, my what wish... What was your wish? I was a bit confused when, like, she just dumped the mother, like, halfway through. And, like, it moved on to this, like, boy that she'd met in a train once. And suddenly they were like, I missed you. And then at the end, we see that, like, we don't see what her mother was using the bombs for. Like, obviously she's a suffragette, we get that. But like Yes. And Millie was saying that it's like it's gonna be like a series, so it's gonna be there's gonna be more films. Yeah, there's a sequel in the work in the works now. But like I just felt like it was really like weird. Kind of like, pushed to one side. Yeah. I do I remember like... that happening as well. Like I do remember a kind of narrative whiplash type scenario. It was like the first half of the film was completely focused on her trying to find her mum and then suddenly this guy she meets and she's like, oh, I have to help him. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. But, like, I was a bit like, oh, and she just finds her mum at the end, or her mum finds her. It's like... Isn't her mum played by Helena Bowman Carter? Oh, so good, yes. I love her. But it was just a bit like... like So I thought the plot was a bit weak. I thought the story could have done with a wee bit more, like, like, if these had tied in a little bit more, but... It just like and even the the villain yeah. who was the the grandmother didn't have anything to do with the mother or like it was just really like like the only connection that these two stories had were, was that when the mother at the end said oh did you really do that and I know I was like yeah but this made no like there were it was like you were watching two short stories in one and like the mother story wasn't even really completed because you didn't find out yeah. what her mother was up to maybe and, we will in the like, sequel. I don't know. But I think it was just a bit wasted to have the mother go missing. Like you could have spent the first film like developing that relationship and like putting like hints in there, and like focusing on that first story, and that would like have us like trust in Ola and like get to know her personality, and then have her mum go missing in the second one, and it's like solely her story. But I just yeah. felt like both the stories were cut short, and it was just a bit on the poor side. 
Okay. But I thought it was really well, like, for the most part, apart from the story, it was really well done, like, in terms of the acting and the editing and the way it was, you know, the narration style and everything was really, really good. Um, but good. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. I am so interested to see where it goes with the sequel. Oh, me too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because yeah, when I was watching it on Netflix, when I looked it up, it was like Enola Holmes 2. Like, there was a little blank blank box on Netflix that was like holding, like a placeholder oh. for the sequel. Oh, damn. So, um... Hype? Yeah, big hype. So, so my you watched pick, I, Tonya. I watched I, Tonya as my pick for the week. And what a film. Holy... It's so hard-hitting, isn't it? It really is. Yeah. Like, it's so astonishing how seemingly like a a world famous ice skater can have such a different life like behind behind closed doors mm-hmm. like it's just so like eye-opening that it just gives you a real like look into the lives of olympians because a lot of them do go through that kind of thing mm-hmm. like and and um like if you get fourth that. place you're basically just yeah. Out. Which is crazy. Yeah. It was an achievement um, to even get there in the first place. To get to I know. Like, I was so wrecked against her. Yeah. It's really yeah. sad. I was like I it remember is. I went to see it like in the cinema with my mum when it like when it first came out, so it would be in twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen. So I was what, fifteen and I was like Oh my god, and I was like really like depressed after I came out of it because I was like oh that was like yeah serious. like the ending really doesn't like make anything better no not at all um, it's really tough but I think it's a necessary film to watch oh yeah definitely I'm very glad I did watch it because I've been wanting to watch it for a while and mm. I saw Margot Robbie was in it and I really like her work so, do you mean Margot? Margot Robbie yes <laughs> Margot <laughs> Margot Oh, bless. <laughs> so, Margot plays Tonya. <laughs> Do you think Margot uh, did a good job? Margot did an amazing, <laughs> amazing job. <laughs> if anyone... Well, guys, we're basically recording this. It's what... What time is it just now? It's quarter past, quarter past ten. ten. At night. Um, at night, not in the morning. And we're doing this episode a wee bit in advance. And... Yeah. We've My brain is fried, days. yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm sorry if I don't English very well this episode. Um, yes, Margot. <laughs> she is amazing. Uh, yeah, and I also thought Sebastian Sand did a strong performance as Jeff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I fucking hated uh, Sean. I thought he was... Like, I can't believe this is real. I can't believe he actually was like, Oh yeah, well I'm in charge of like the FBI and I've been in with terrorism stuff. And they're yeah. actually like found footage of him saying that on camera yeah. at the end. Yeah. So it's um it's really heartbreaking. But it really is. Shall we hop into your big three yes, then? My what big were three. Your, um... So my first big three was the breaking of the fourth wall as well. Yes. Yeah. When she's when her makeup is like coming down, she's crying, is that the bit you're talking about? Uh, no, I think it's like with the interviews, they say something and they're like, duh, 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 duh. Oh, I didn't hit her. And then Sebastian Sam slaps the shit out of Margot and then he turns to the camera 
like not in interview form and says like that's not true i didn't do that like i thought that was so cool oh yeah i remember that because i've only seen this film once so i was actually going to try and rewatch it before we did this but obviously it's quarter past 10 and i've been watching <laughs> all day so you know um yeah i i just loved how quick-witted uh, tonya was as a character and mm -hmm. how it really like it it felt like it did it did her justice to talk back to the camera every now and again and they didn't do it so much that i got bored of it or like annoyed no, by it no you weren't like expecting it, it yeah was exactly still, like there was still a wee bit of surprise hidden behind mm -hmm. it yeah uh my second big three um was the narration like the the narrative plot felt mm -hmm. like for most biopics, it starts off slow and then, like, gears up towards. But, like, you can just tell how hard Tonya Harding has had it. Like, her mom, Jeff, Sean, her ice skating, her, like, personal life. Yeah. It's all been so much all the time. And I feel yeah. so bad that she's had to go through this. Yeah, you feel for her. Even though, like, none of us know her, you feel the... Because <laughs> you know you it's true. It. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but I felt like they did um, really do well with this biopic because they they had a real really nice balance of personal life and like ice skating stuff as well. Mm -hmm. And have it all combined together. Like after a hitman clobbered Nancy in the knees. Yeah. And Sebastian stands like, what the fuck? You weren't supposed to do that. And Margot is like, oh my God, I'm not going to go into the Olympics. Yeah. It's just very heartbreaking that two men, of course, are straight men. One of them who beats who beats Margot consistently throughout the story. Yeah, yeah. Ruins her dreams. Like, she can't nice skate anymore. She can't nice skate. Nice can she skate. Only bad, can she only bad skate? She can only... She can only sad skate. <laughs> but I thought... She can't, yeah, she can't nice skate, yeah. That was a really raw moment in the courtroom where she's, like, pleading with the judge. That she'd yeah. rather take jail time and that it's basically a life sentence and she doesn't deserve it because she had nothing to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it I... is really, it's heartbreaking. And I think, you know, when we were talking about it a few weeks ago, we were like, oh, we don't like biopics, but like at least one film that we've talked about like every week. Since <laughs> yeah, I was going to say like Tick Tick Boom, uh, Margot Story. Uh, well, I did Dallas Buyers Club what as well. What was the last? Dallas Buyers Club. Um, yeah. So there are so definitely yeah. good biopics out there. Yeah, absolutely. It's just that most most of the high-grossing ones are basically Pimian Rhapsody and Rocket Man. And I definitely Elvis. think Elvis, which is good. Shout out to my auntie who's been to see Elvis five times. Five times. And cried every single time. <laughs> True. Deserved. Yeah. But it's, it really made me appreciate how lucky I am to not live in an environment like Tonya's and to not yeah. grow up with an abusive mother and, and, and a father who abandons. Shout yeah. out to you, Robbie F and Marie. Yes. You're doing good. And I'm perfectly fine being on my own if it means I don't have to put up with that bitch, Jeff. <laughs> also, <laughs> I thought it was so annoying. Like I was, I was very vocal during this film, like more vocal during this film than <laughs> Spider-Verse. And I was like, Whenever, like, the first time Sebastian Stan hit... Wait, were you watching this on your own? Yeah. <laughs> like, I would just shout at... 
Or not, not so shove, just, but like, oh, for fuck's sake, just, fuck you, Jeff. <laughs> so you were just using your, your Fortnite voice? Kind of, yeah. Yeah. But I was yeah, like, was because, like, the number of times she gets away from Jeff, I'm like, phew, okay, that's done. And then she goes back to <laughs> Jeff, I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. Stop. I also so really have... like how... I'm sorry. Sorry, I, I am also doing really... so much interrupting you today. You are. I'm doing, like, I'm, like, <laughs> Let me talk. Like... <laughs> I apologize. Go ahead. Um. So... <laughs> I wish people could see our faces when we're doing I... this. Yeah. We need to record it, like, have a, like, record the, the screen. We really do. Yeah. I forgot anyway. what the hell I was going to say. Thank you very much. So, what was your wish? Oh, got it, I got it. <laughs> the, I really liked how how it, like, connected. I thought it was really, like, bullshit how she had to be with Jeff to get a chance to go to the Olympics. Like, she yeah. had to force herself through that abusive relationship to get what she wanted. When mm-hmm. she had the skills and she was better than any other ice skater at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a really heartbreaking story, and it's you know you you never know what someone's going through, especially when like they're in the Olympics and there's so many smiles and so many like it's, it all seems fun and games, but it all seems very that celebratory. That is one of the most um, you know being in sport and competitive sport like that is one of the most toxic environments to be in. You're never done with getting you know you're never know. good enough. Exactly. Which is just like that's why sport never. <laughs> really thingy for me yeah me neither yeah yeah anyway my one wish was <laughs> i wished that this had never have happened in real life <laughs> that was your is that Does your that legitimate count? wish is that, that your, my so you could... i could not think of anything else wow that is our number one our first ever no wish film yeah damn like i was i was gonna... I kept thinking about me. what I. What do you mean, misery? You gonna... didn't have a mes- You didn't have a, a wish for misery, in the second episode. Oh, did, did I not? You didn't. You said it was perfect, or you didn't say it was perfect. You just said, "Oh, it was really well done." Ah. Good on me. Yes, good on you. We both have a no wish. <laughs> We're one all. One all. <laughs> Who will be next? Find out in the next episode. Let's talk film budgets. <laughs> Out Friday at three PM. So you just wish that well obviously you'd wish this had never happened. In real life. Because it is yeah. such a horrendous story. Like it's probably I don't I don't no, I'm not gonna compare biopics because that's not fair, but it's the one that, that impacted me the most because I had no well, idea. I'm glad though. I'm glad. Yeah. Because I had no idea about Tonya Harding before I watched this, so yeah, it basically really to get to see her entire life from start to finish, or like her entire skating like career. Her, from, yeah, yeah, was really. Do you know what I wish had never happened? My story. story. Oh, fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> but it did happen. <laughs> you know, what I wish never happened. What? Sonic the Hedgehog too. Bye, guys. Neve signing off. <laughs> okay, so now that I won't get interrupted anymore. <laughs> I am sorry. I am sorry. 
Okay, so let's move right into the main event. So this week we are discussing Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Now, do you remember this film coming out, Anna? I do. Because people talked about it a lot when it came out. Yeah. I don't... I can't remember how I... How I watched it originally. Like, I don't know if it was my friend from Germany that recommended it to me, or if I just watched... Because I can remember watching it on my little computer, like, illegally. Like, streaming it illegally. Um, I wanted to watch it for the longest time, and... It was only until lockdown I watched it. Mm-hmm. And that's because Marie brought back the Spider-Verse DVD from her work. Oh, really? I was like, oh, yeah, let's watch this. Aww. And, oh, my you God. You watch man. a lot of films with your family, don't you? Yeah, we do. Which is which is really cute. It is. It's really nice. Shout out again, Shout Marie out. and Robbie F. The best family. <laughs> So, I've got a few wee facts for you. So, Spider-Man Into yeah, so the... so then we can jump into a 30-second summary. Oh, phew, it's your turn. Phew. Yes. So, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is a 27... A- 2018? 2018 film. It was directed by Peter Ramsey, Rodney Rotham, Rothman and Bob... Persichetti? Um Now, I know at least two of those people were involved heavily in the writing of the, the Lego movie. Oh, really? Damn. Yeah. Um, at least I heard something about the Lego movie. Now, this film had a $90 million budget. Can you guess how much it grossed? Uh, I think I have to look this up. It's like 370 something million. Three hundred and seventy-five point five million, which oh, is about the budget, close. about the budget for Avatar. <laughs> Did we look that up? Whoops. Is that I know right? that the Avatar? Ava- Avatar two budget was like three hundred and fifty million. Oh, it must be Avatar two then, because Avatar was two hundred and thirty-seven million. Yeah. Um. Okay, Damn. so this film was um the last film that Stanley ever appeared in. Yes. Um, and, you know, it's a tribute to both him and Steve Ditko, the creators of the Spider-Man comics. And mm-hmm. I found this really cool wee fact on the IMDb um, like trivia page. Ooh, let's hear it. If you hit pause any time a train goes by, um, because all the animators wanted to animate Stan Lee, he's in almost every single train. Really? So he's, well, apparently, yeah. I, I found that on... Oh my god! On I'm gonna IMDb. do that before the next episode, and I will get back. Report to you. back. Yeah. So, yeah, I really like this film. I Me really too. like this film. It's it's a really really. It's a very comfort watch. Film. I think so, and it's really like you just feel like every time you go into it, you know that this is going to be something fun and good. Exactly. And you're not like you're not picking apart the plot, and you're not like it's just really. It's very linear. Yeah. And it's very. Mm-hmm. Like the I could watch like films in the animation style till the cows come home. Oh, absolutely! I mean, Sony—it's obviously done by Sony Pictures or yes. Sony Animation Studios, and Sony either. I've got I I wrote a really good analogy for this. Hang on. Um. So Sony either always hits the nail right on the head, or just a bit off, so the nail goes wonky and it always leaves a mark on their reputation. <laughs> like you know when you hit a nail wonky and yeah. it just like. You know, and I feel like 
a few of their films have done that in the past. Let's just have a look. And there's some really um there's some really good Sony films, but there's also some very famous Sony flops. So Sony mm -hmm. did the Hotel Transylvania series, which are pretty standard. Yeah. Um they also did Cody with a Chance of Meatballs. But That's so great. They did the Emoji movie. Oh, I was gonna say they did the Emoji movie. The Angry Birds movie, apparently. Yeah. It says they did Arthur Christmas here, but I think Arthur Christmas. Arthur Christmas was works. I actually think it was Artman and Sony for the first CGI film, Artman film, I believe. Oh yeah, production companies: Columbia Pictures, Sony Pictures Animation, and Artman Animations. Yeah, because yeah. it is definitely an Artman film. Um, so they did that. They did Open Season, Surfs Up, um, Goosebumps, Smurfs. But a lot of these films are kind of like... Uh, they're kind of meh. They're kind of forgettable. Yeah, it's, especially the like the Open Season and, and Emoji Movie and Surfs I, Up and stuff. I loved Open Season as a kid, though, I must say. Really? Yeah, I was a big Open Season fan. I got the Wii game for Open Season as well. Oh my god, really? I did not know that. Yeah, I used to play Boog um, all the time. Okay, I have no idea who Boog is. The bear. Oh, Boog the bear. Have you never okay. seen Open Season? No, I've never seen Open Season. Pick of the week. Coming up <laughs> soon. Well, I, I remember watching Smurf. Oh my God, look at the Smurf. Smurfs. <laughs> I just said I remember watching Smurf. What? I am just... <laughs> but I can see the but the poster. You know, I'm so tired that I'm just gonna laugh about anything. I know. I'm looking at the poster right now, and it says, "Where the Smurf are we?" <laughs> what a generic ass catchphrase for a film. That's like that's like what we were talking about with the Gen Z stuff. It's like, "Where the Smurf are we?" You know what I mean? That's like Spider Man coming to a different dimension. Where the Smurf am I? <laughs> that's what I'm gonna say now. I'm gonna say, "What the Smurf?" Oh, for Smurf Smurf's best. sake. <laughs> we should see if we can last an entire Fortnite game with instead of swearing, we just use Smurf. You smurfing Smurf. <laughs> <laughs> you smurfed me, Smurf. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of these films are kind of mid. I would class them mid films. I wouldn't say Hotel Transylvania is like a great series. Um, definitely not the worst, but for me, the standouts here are the Quiddy with the Chance of Meatball series, I mean, Mitchells versus the Machines, yes. and Spider Man. They're definitely, definitely the ones that like I feel like they've done the best with. I love Quiddy with the Chance of Meatballs. Me too. It is an absolute stellar film. It it's really so is. Good. I it really want to watch it again. Credit. It's so good. We need to it review is. it. It's I also so had the Wii game for that. <laughs> <laughs> you and your Sony Wii games. I'm sorry. What can I say? I was a fan. I can't, I'm learning new things about you every time we're on this podcast. I actually had the Wii game before I, before I watched the film. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I got introduced to watch, the film. Watching the DVD like, this doesn't happen in the video game. Can I just control Flint Mockwood? <laughs> oh, okay. but yeah, this... <laughs> Back onto Spider-Verse. And I feel like all of those... Those three films all have a similar type of animation style to a certain extent. Like, they all have these kind of wanky... Maybe. Or bright... Maybe I'm better to compare Mitchells versus the Machines and Spider-Man. Definitely, yeah. Claudia the Chance Maples definitely the standout in that. 
Yeah. Um, but I would say that Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs is closer than Hotel Transylvania. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so I think... And I do see that that ties in a wee bit. Um, but yeah, overall, Sony hasn't been like... I always forget that Sony are actually in a studio. And like a, half of those yeah. films I forgot were made by Sony. Like I know. You know, I have I, I can admit something. You know, I'm not proud to admit this, but... I have now? watched the Emoji movie. I, I, it's sorry. too late to save you. That's why you like Sonic the Hedgehog too, because your standards are so low. I mean, don't knock it till you try it. Don't knock it till you try it. And, um, yeah, I shouldn't have knocked it at all. Let's just, let's See, just say I'm that. more into Sausage Party, not going to lie. Is Sausage Party Sony? I don't know. It just has sausage in the name. Oh. Wait, I shouldn't have... Wait, I messed that up. I said don't knock it till you try it. I, I meant to say I, I shouldn't have even tried it. Like, that was the joke. Oh, I, I said see. I said it... Well, I don't know. The listeners probably got that and I've just over-explained <laughs> it. Like, I do everything that I... And the joke is I, dead. Yeah, the joke is absolutely buried in the ground, never to be resurrected, unlike yes. uh, Sigourney Weaver. Um, An alien... So. Alien... Alien 4. More aliens. Alien, alien 8. The alien yeah. is back. Resurrection, that's, that's it. Yeah. Alien okay. 8, he's getting married now. 30 seconds right. summary time. Do you have the timer? Yes. I am ready to go. 3. Wait, I said it. I don't know why I said 3. 3. Okay. 2. 1. Go! Okay, so we follow Miles. Miles to the story. Uh, a multiverse opens up by a kingpin. Uh, a couple of Spider-Man came, Spider-People come through. And basically, they learn that Doc Ock and Kingpin are making this multiverse teleporter dimension bending thing. And they have to stop it. And basically, Spider-Man, the original Spider-Man dies. Uh, Miles' uncle is is evil. They stop Three, him. Two, Kingpin dies. And one. Miles is the new Spider-Man. There you go. 31 seconds. Did, did uh, Kingpin <laughs> die? I've just watched this film and I can't remember what happened to him. Um, I think so. No, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. He got he got captured by the webs. And the police saw oh, and the police. Miles' dad got That's right. That's, that's right. Okay, shall we jump right into the characters yeah. here? Characters. For which there are a lot. There are so many Spider-Man. Spider people, I should say. Spider people, but my god, it works like any other, like better than any other Spider-Man film, you know. And yeah, it's a real risk having too many characters in any film because you want to make mm-hmm. sure that your your uh, main characters are fully developed and things. Yeah. But this paid off so well. Like these, are, this is the perfect definition of a, a main character versus a side character and what role they should play and mm-hmm. how how many lines they should have and how much screen time. Like it was absolutely perfect because it was perfect. With all with the the three other Spider people, I think it was Penny, Penny Spider Man Noir, Penny Parker, Spider Man Noir, Spider Parker. And, no, I think it was or Peter, Peter Parker. Peter Parker, but his name was Spider Ham. Spider Ham. Spider Ham, um. So we all knew, like a, like we all got their backstories, which I thought was great. So we established who they were, and they played a great role. Like we felt sad to see them go, but like 
we felt like we knew a fair bit about them. We felt emotionally yeah. attached to them. They had some great uh, jokes. Exactly. It was it really, really, really good. And, and like each one of the spider people were so different, like both aesthetically, yeah, and um, written wise, mm-hmm. and just overall on the screen, they brought like such different um, tones to the film. And it was really interesting Absolutely. to see it all like smooshed together, like a multiverse story should be. Absolutely, I just loved. I loved as well that they like none of these stories had the typical Uncle Ben story, like they all had the exactly. like someone dies and then move it. But I think it was just the original Peter, like Peter, Peter Parker. Parker. I don't think who it, died, which is crazy. Yeah, it was one of them that had their original, like that he had the original yeah. Spider-Man story where the Uncle Ben died, but. I loved how with Gwen's, like, he was the mm-hmm. best friend. Like, they weren't lovers or anything. It was just the best friend. Yeah. And I just, like, they all had mm-hmm. such different stories. And I was like, yes, this is... Because, I mean, let's face it. Some originality. The, um, the origin story plotline has been done time and time again in Spider-Man. That is the thing that we always see. It's been and done to death. I think it was really good that they admitted that. They were like, let's start one more time. Mm-hmm. Let's go over this one more time. Again yeah, and, and again and the again. Format in which they got faster and when they were speaking and stuff, and it just really worked. It just was like Sony yeah. had this like humility. It also really worked with the visual of the comic book flying oh, down was on the so thing good. every time a new character that was, was introduced. So, good. And it was just so like, satisfying. It just like further emphasized that these people are all the same thing. Mm-hmm. Or like they they're brought yeah, they together by the same type of loss. Um, yeah, exactly. Mrs. Johnson would have been proud of me for that um, phrase. So, I know. So, Miles is such a good protagonist. And I'm so glad that the, the film doesn't lose sight yeah. of him as the main protagonist yeah, throughout always... the film as well. Because with, uh, with many characters, you, like, it's very common that films get caught up in the... In the what is the, the word? Buzz. Caught up in the, in the party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it just feels kind of disjointed, but Miles always had this film yeah. feel grounded. I really liked him, like, how he wasn't, yeah. like, how they chose him over Peter Parker. Because I, it wouldn't have been as cool, because Miles was, I feel like Peter Parker is supposed to be shy. Like, from the comics, he's supposed to be shy. But Miles yeah. was more awkward. He wasn't shy, he was awkward. Which made yes, him he is an awkward. more... Yeah approachable and more relatable because you know he was he was yeah. with his friends and stuff and like he was much more awkward than shy um which i really really liked mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, he was just such a yeah. and they, they kept his like you know obviously he's the first black spider-man and he's latino as well um yes I just love how much representation and it's is not in this forced film as representation. Well. Like, it really like, does it's, wonders. It's like true representation that like, exactly. we don't even notice it. Like, I think if you notice representation, it's even representation for the for the pig for the pig <laughs> race. That's true, but I think if you notice representation and it, you notice it being forced, like spoon fed. Yes. So, like, it's not forced representation. It's just no. It's absolutely, just, it's true representation. Like, there's. Um, like there's spider woman there's a person of colour there's a pig there's spider-man noir which is like a testament to like more darker comic books like, in black and white yeah 
Um, mm-hmm. I, I just love it. And it's so pretty. I can't wait to go on to the animation style. Because that is it. That is, it's oh, just that's, that's such a huge part of this film. And I feel like that's why... I've I've got oh I've got something in the I've got something in the plot but like I think if a film doesn't look visually appealing you have to have a really good story. Yes. You know what I mean? Like if you know and I wouldn't say that this story is like absolutely perfect. You know, I wouldn't say that it's like the best story ever in animation. But I think you like it's made that way by the animation style because you're like constantly intrigued to see how they're going to portray this and, and what the colours are like and stuff exactly so I think and, that it, that it really works. engrosses you and mm-hmm. absolutely like even Uncle Aaron as Miles's role model who isn't I really liked his story yeah line. I wasn't quite sure why he was working for Kingpin in the first place so I, I listened to a different podcast about this and apparently like in the lore, like him and his dad and Miles' dad were like really close when they were younger and they were both like really doing bad oh. things. Um, um, but then when Miles was born, he went the wrong way or he went the straight way and like Adam just kept getting further into right, this. Like, I see. Kinda, so that's like cool. an Easter egg for. But I did really like for him. comic book readers, but it also works for people yeah, who don't read the comics really like because him. to see that Uncle Aaron, who is this role model, be almost like killing spider spider people. It's just mm-hmm. it's it's very jarring and it, it serves as a very very good twist in the film. And when he dies, yeah, it, it still really has the the great the great like oomph impact in Miles's life because he realizes that like if he does yeah it's like double double shock because it's not only that he's found out it's his uncle Aaron but like he's gone yeah well. and and uncle Aaron was sorry that he let him down which was kind of, which was really sweet and yeah that was a big like yeah and it felt it made the reconciliation of Miles and his dad later on in the film so much more natural yeah that much and sweeter, sweeter and more emotional Absolutely, I totally agree. What did you think of um, Mel's dad? I thought he was quite funny. Like when yeah. he was like, "Say I love that you." That was imba- that I got secondhand embarrassment from that. Not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah. Is Robbie F doing that to you? If Robbie F does that, I will. I will disown him. <laughs> <laughs> You'll disown him. Oh. Um. Yeah, but so, Miles's dad was also like a good uh, balance. Because, yeah, it was proper juxtaposition yeah. between like because Miles thought that you know and maybe. I don't know. Maybe maybe he would have gone down that same path had he not become Spider Man, like like be like his uncle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also feel like um, Miles's dad learns as well that not a lot of side characters do. He shows. Ish. Yeah, they don't have much development, yeah. but he definitely does. does, and that's integral to like Miles' story exactly. as well. Like, you know, the only way for us to see Miles come through full circle is to see his dad come full circle Literally. as well. That's his true role model, and it's so sweet yeah. because they had such a disconnect, but they finally see that, you know, maybe what I'm doing to Miles isn't the best, and they change and they adapt because they love each other. Yeah. 
true. So shall we get into the spider so, people? The spider people, let's do yes. it. Yes. Peter B. Parker. He was great. He was funny. He was really funny. He's really good. I love how he said, like, oh my god, capes are so disrespectful to Spider-Man when he's wearing, like, joggers or, like, sweatpants. Yeah. That was yeah. hilarious. He's always in his joggers yeah. and always wearing his Spider-Man suit. I did like him, and I liked that they, like, ripped the shit out of their own character and were like, yeah, his life hasn't worked out. And it was, like, a good, like... Like, it was a good way to portray this, like, the fact that this story is different to, like, the classic Spider-Man yeah, story. Yeah, totally. And that it's not going to be this, like, guy that's that's all put, got his life together and stuff, you know? I really wonder if Stan Lee actually made comics with all of these Spider-Men. Or, like, these Spider-People actually exist in the comics. Like, I'm sure they do. And that's what makes it even more exciting that they're getting on-screen representation now, rather than just the one piece of Parker. I'm not sure, actually. Do all the spider people... I know Spider-Gwen does, spider I think. Gwen. I also loved how Spider-Gwen was like, Hi, hey, I'm Gwen. Gwanda. Or Wanda, I'm like... Yeah. Uh, is, this a, is this a Wanda reference? <laughs> I don't know if it does, if they do, because I, no, I don't know if they do, honestly. That's a shame. I think they were, I think those ones were probably written. I think Spider, Spider Gwen definitely does. I mean, I. Um, And Miles Morales definitely does, but. Maybe not uh, Peter Parker. Yeah, maybe not. I'm not sure, I'm not sure though. I haven't, I couldn't find anything like amazing on Google. I, 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 I. Also love how Peter Parker is like, that's all, folks. And then Peter B is like, is he legally allowed to yeah. say that? I thought that was a <laughs> yeah, really it was clever good. It... nod. Yeah. And can we just go over how great all the voice actors are as well? Like, all the characters oh, are so absolutely. well cast. Yeah, really, really well cast. I thought it was really good. 10 out of 10. 10, out of 10. We'd listen again. <laughs> We should get them to join us on the podcast. Absolutely. Um, Spider Gwen loved her as well. I really liked her, her color palette as well, like the whites, and the pinks. Mm-hmm. Thought that was really pleasing yeah. to the eye. The whole color palette is like something like that we need to talk about though, like yeah. further into into animation stuff. It's like like so good. It really is. And then we get the three other spider people who aren't as... They are definitely side characters, but they're def... Like, I really appreciate them being here. Like, they really... Like... Mm-hmm. They really... Bulk, bulk out, out the team. Um, yeah. And I will say, I think Spider-Man Noir is my favourite Spider-Person. <laughs> yeah, I I like Spider-Ham, I think. But Spider... Like, I like Spider-Man Noir, like, at the end with his Rubik's Cube. Yeah. I think that's cool, but I liked his. I liked that they all came from like a really different like place and time. Like, and it wasn't just like a, it wasn't like No Way Home where it was like. They'd all had similar battles to fight, and they'd all come from similar worlds. Yeah, you know I mean, like literally, it was a true multiverse story, and I loved that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought Absolutely. Bill Murray was really good in that role as well. Yeah. But also, we need to talk about. Miss Catherine Hahn because I am a Catherine Stone. 
Oh, I forgot that she yeah. was in this. Yeah, of course. She's Doc Ock. I didn't recognize she? her the first time because I didn't know her the first time I watched it. But the second time, it was so mm-hmm. obvious that she was voicing it. And I, she had so yeah. many Agatha... Um, Moments. Agatha-isms. Agatha-isms. She's such a good a villain. Good to put it. She really, she really... Yeah, she is. She, I think she always plays the villain, doesn't yeah. she? She's very good at playing the villain. I also love how she was a twist villain from, like, a regular Doctor to Doc Ock really fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Overall, I think this yeah. was a really fast-paced film. Yeah, and I liked all the different villains that came in as well. Mm-hmm. Even though I wish we'd seen, like, a bit more of their, like, introduction into the world. Like, how we saw, like... Like, because obviously it was villains from the different multiverses, is that right? Maybe. Because remember at the start we, we saw, saw we see Peter Parker fighting Green Goblin. Was that because... I don't I, I wasn't know. sure if he was in that world or if... Or if... I um, think it was just the Spider-People got... Transported from another dimension because... Peter Parker... I don't know. That's what I. That's what I got from it. Mm-hmm. But Olivia, for me, Olivia was definitely the most interesting villain in the story. Yeah, yeah. Also, badass Aunt May I live for. Aunt May was so good because she wasn't the little like. Oh, yeah, bitter. but she had like she had her oh. character design was like old lady, and then she's like, "Yeah, I know where you guys can go," and then it like dramatically zooms in her own eyes and like. Yeah, I thought she was really good, and it was like it was those kind of things because we expect, we expect Aunt May to be a certain way and like have a certain voice and do this, but like, I thought that was a really cool twist, and I remember seeing it the first time and just being like, oh, that's hilarious! Like that's such a good like. Yeah, what a good use of the character. So. And then finally we have Penny, who is like the anime girl of the group, and I've watched some animes. In my time because Chana loves anime. Um have you? Which one? I've seen Which ones? Oh I um, can't remember the name now. It's something to do with a voice, I think. What about a voice? Oh I think I think it's I about know a deaf a wee deaf bit. girl. And I've watched oh. another one, but I cannot remember the names, I'm sorry. But Natural. <laughs> Naruto. Na- not natural. <laughs> um, but like the shots with her and the, the score when we get to it, it just ties together this anime vibe for her. I love it. Mm-hmm. Again, Japanese yeah. representation. Absolutely. And I liked that she had like the robot yeah. and like it was like because they all, all the others had like their power was like confined to them. But like I just liked that like it was something different. Exactly. And, like, really out yeah. there they really did well so. like crafting all these characters like they really put in the work and it really paid off oh absolutely yeah. oh yeah 10 out of 10 so what did you think about the actual plot itself then i loved it i really did i th- i really i think this is of the spider-man films i've seen this is my favorite spider-man story because of how fast-paced yeah, it is definitely like, it just, it does not feel like two hours worth of animation. Because, like, it's a two-hour film. And you'd think that was short for a multiverse story because there's so much to establish. 
but they do it so seamlessly. No, it's all really fast. Yeah, everything leads into each other, and there's nothing that's there. Especially for, like, for no purpose. Especially considering that it is an origin story as well. Yeah. Like, like you know, it's it's normally you get the origin story and like that's the majority of the film, but like. The origin story was done within the first like twenty five minutes, and then the rest of it was like, and we already had established the greater journey yeah. that he was going to go on, like, with his dad and like not being confident in, in himself and mm. stuff. Yeah. yeah. So. And I also loved how they flipped it back in the third act, where he's like, "My name is Miles Morales, and I'm Spider Man, and I got bitten by a radioactive spider, and I'm gonna save all the Spider Man, Spider People." Yeah, yeah, that was really that, that was, was really good. That was I a boss ass bitch I, moment right there. Mel's had his boss ass bitch moment. I also just thought that the plot was really fast paced, which was great. There was every moment was integral to the movement of the plot, like it was always mm-hmm. driving the plot forward and somehow. Um and I've written something here, I don't know exactly what it means. It means ca- says character development which impacts the general situation. And like I think a lot of films either choose for a character to be put in a difficult situation and there's no like actual like character development mm-hmm. or vice versa. It's like there's not really a big plot but Yeah. The character needs to develop in somehow, but this way that the plot mm-hmm. drove his character development and his character development drove the plot and it was both like a fifty fifty, like perfect exactly. balance. Um, I really didn't because so some really teenagers, like we discussed in Scene Shuffle, are like annoying and not written very well because they're just trying to get across the yassification of, of Zoomers. Um, but Miles, yeah. Miles is perfectly written, and I just think that his character progression in this plot is natural. It happens at the right moments. It just it just keeps me interested. It keeps me ticking over. And that's oh, something yeah. that is possibly the most important thing for a film, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't even think. Well, as I said, I don't even think that the plot like stands out over the animation or the production. Though, like, definitely the best thing about this film is the way it looks. Of course. You know, I you can't really like. You know, it's just it's just amazing the way that this film looks. But we will come on to yes. that when we get to um, animation. I love the. F- um, I, I would have liked to know a wee bit more about like how how the villains did like what was the backstory of some of the villains like we got Kingpin's one but like where did Green Goblin come from? See, I think um, it's basing us on the fact that we already know where Green Goblin has come from because we've it's been done time and time again, yeah. kind of thing. But I think um, I would have liked to know if they did actually come through the super collider, and it would have been cool if they had. Yeah, I think. Totally. But I don't know. I mean, maybe that was maybe Sony already had plans for No Way Home, and it was a bit. I mean, too No Way Home. Maybe, and they're also releasing Spider Man Across the Spider Verse as well next year, or Part One. So they might mm-hmm. have plans there. Yeah. Because I assume they're going to travel. Oh, I'm so excited. Then. I'm definitely going to go and see that Me one too. in cinema. And I'm. Because I didn't go see this in Me cinema. Me neither. I'm very intrigued that it's a two-parter, though. Like. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited about that yeah. though, but. I think they can either do really well with that or I know. it can go completely pear-shaped. Yeah. Um, so, but I believe in them, you know, course. hopefully, you know, they've got, they've got something good established. And as I say, like the majority of this film is the, is 
the way it looks. So if they can pull off that style again, then everyone will go and see it, no exactly. doubt. Exactly, yeah. Um, his shoelaces in the first act when he's like, when his dad's telling him to tie them up. Yeah, and everyone keeps telling yeah, him to tie them up. Yeah, I felt like that was kind of foreshadowing of his coming of age. Because, is it, I think it's Uncle Aaron who's like, oh yeah, your shoelaces are untied, but it's fine because it's your style. And it turns out he's one of the bad guys. So yeah. Miles taking responsibility to tie up his shoelaces because he does fall off a building. Um, yeah. No, that's a yeah. good way. That's a good way to think about well, it. Well, that's the kind of thing because like, like there's so many plot, um, plot devices that are used like this. Mm-hmm. And all, oh my God, the undercuts make some of the best jokes in this film. Like, the the big dramatic spider bite and like oh my god doing like three extra close ups and it's like yeah go away like slapping it off his it's, hand yeah absolutely hilarious yeah it's really it's really good and again something we'll talk about in animation and production but those comic elements are just yeah. amazing and of course like the timing is spawn as well because no joke feels like it lasts too long no. If, Nothing at all. Like, you get... Like, I didn't even, like... I, I felt like the first time I watched it, I was a wee bit irritated by Peter B. Parker, like, and he was so obsessed with Mary Jane and stuff, but I didn't get that this time. I was very, like, oh, yeah. no, this is the way he is, and I loved I loved that. Yeah, so. exactly. And I love how he's using the bread as an analogy for, like, I just wish I could have given you the, the world yeah, of that's bread good. on your table. That was hilarious. No, that is good. So what did you think about the soundtrack? So the soundtrack is one of the most original soundtracks I have heard in a while. Because it's for me it compares to Black Panther in terms of like just the style and it's so good at like emanating the kind of music that males would really listen yeah. to. Um like I feel like they pick music that he would listen to and then like got all the music that he would listen to and chose songs like out of that that reflect the scenes and not like songs exactly. that they thought like famous or remix you know I mean? them to make them fit into the score because there's a lot of lyrical songs that yeah but i feel like all of them really fit and all of them really added to this techno punk vibe that the film is going for like mm-hmm. this parkour uh thing especially in the first first act but that's the thing with spider-man he's very parkour he jumps all around the place true one thing that always gets me is the what's up danger when he's coming up, falling off the building and yeah. he's taking this kind of first step as, as Spider-Man. That's like an iconic scene in animation like spaces. You know, that's just like a a scene that people know about and it's just like so impactful. Just the way it's done again with the three stamps, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it's real, real, real good. Um, but I've got some few facts. Yeah. I've got a few facts about the soundtrack here. So... According to the composer Daniel Pemberton, Miles' theme is a combination of the many facets of his character, including the sounds of a real aerosol can. Really? Apparently so. And I also have the directors of Spider-Verse spoke with io9 about the Prowler's signature siren noise, which is the... Yes. Which was really good. Uh, composer Daniel Pemberton used the sound of an elephant as the base for the noise. According to the filmmakers, they wanted the noise to be frightening, but also have a sense of sadness. 
See, that's what I love. I thought that Attention was really to interesting. Detail. Because Sans can yeah. get across one, you know, more it's... than just one emotion. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. absolutely. That's, that's so true. Yeah. I also love how the piano ballad is mixed with bassy um, synthy instruments. To Like, it's still a yeah. sad song, but it's not like just piano like in regular films like it still has that aesthetic yeah. of being futuristic it still says something about yeah i don't actually know when this film is set because it's definitely in the future yeah. sometime when is the spider verse i'm gonna listen set? to the soundtrack to be honest because it is a really strong soundtrack and i notice it a lot throughout the film and it really helps with the animation what? style I can't really see. Hmm. Actually, it's not. It's not giving me like a definite. How can they ever establish when it I, is actually in the film? No, because it's got like it's not really got like a. You know, you can't tell that it's like somewhere that's way in the future, far away from now. Yeah. Um, so maybe it's just in the, the present of some sort. Could be. Who knows? Maybe it's timeless. True, but I I really think that the soundtrack does does add something, and even the score really brings, mm -hmm. you know, we can see there the attention to detail that has been put into the score. But people, I've said this before, and I'll say it again: people always undermine the score and what it does. Because if you watch something without score, you know, if you watch the scene, if you watch the opening scene from up without the score, you wouldn't cry. Yeah. You know. Like it makes um, it makes such a big stamp on it, and some folk just forget about it. I know, because it can't it can blend into the background, so you have to really make it stand out, in my opinion. Yeah, it reflects it reflects emotion. Yeah. Like that's its you job. You should be able to listen to the soundtrack you know? and and monitor the peaks and valleys of the film. Absolutely. Like there should be a yeah a wavelength of the highs and lows. That's completely right. Yes. But do we do we getting into it today? We do be. So what about the themes? So for themes I had the theme of good, the question of being good and being a vigilante. Um the theme mm -hmm. of rising to the occasion and coming of age. And also the theme of loss and reconnection. I think the biggest one is probably self-discovery yeah. and like, like, you know, finding out that you're someone, finding out your true purpose. Exactly, of course. We love to see it. Good old Miles. And he has such a relatable journey because I feel like as the audience, we watch it through Miles' lens. Like it's definitely yeah. Miles' film, not a multiverse film. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, but I think sometimes in animated films, people are like, oh, there's no themes in there. It's just a, it's just a kid's movie. Uh, no. Some, some are just kid's like, movies. <coughs> emoji well, movie. Well, emoji movie, maybe. Sonic the Hedgehog 2. <laughs> no, Sonic the Hedgehog 2's friendship, trust. Annoyance. Piss off. You just piss off right there. Um, there's also like the motif of making a choice or like not yeah. not having the power to make your own choices 
because you're going to school mm-hmm. and you're, you know, everything. I also just realized that he goes to boarding school. So yeah, he goes to this. He goes weird to boarding school. school, and that's probably why the dad's like, "Hoy, say say you love me," because you know you're not gonna see them in a while. Yeah. Also, I just don't understand boarding schools. I'm sorry. Oh. Like it. And it, but it, I think it's like, like it's um. He has to pay to go. He, he said like at some point like he won a, a lottery for it or something. Yeah. Like to go like I genuinely can't even remember to be honest like how he came about that but. Um, I'm not a fan of boring skills. Not gonna lie. No, me neither. Um. So I think moving on to the biggest part of this film, yes. which is the animation production. I have so many notes on this. Oh God, where is it gone? This was just amazing this is what sony do best it's their colors it's their you know because sony you know they're, they're a company that focus on the the rendering of things mm. um and really up their quality and it just oh so good so good. So, so so good it's like so many bright yeah. colors bright colors beyond it reminds compare. me of pop art the, the style was so good yeah it's it's yeah, comic books it it's comic books because all the sh- all the shading have the little exactly. dots and the lines in yeah. them um, and that you get the really good like, comic book feel mm-hmm. from it. There's so much like the lighting the is great, the colors shots. are great. It's really, really, really good. You know, you're hooked from the very, very start by the bright colors, yeah. and it sets this film it sets a new standard for animation. It really does, in my opinion. Which Mitchell's versus the Machines like followed up on mm-hmm. with like style. Yeah. I also loved how that film doesn't um, like it uses colors in a different way because they're not like as poppy as this. So it's still no, but there's definitely different. There's definitely different things in that film, like you know, it's not a comic book, but there's all the like pop out stuff, exactly. you know, um, which are really. I good. also feel like the comic book style is really well established in the like one of the opening scenes when he's at school and like there's so much to do. They're like extreme close ups of the clock and the teacher's mouths, and they're like, "Do this, do this, do this," like that just mm-hmm. felt very comic booky to me. Yeah. it's... Oh, absolutely. But I, I noticed as well that, like, he only... A lot of the comic book features, like the speech bubbles and the, like, panel shots, those only happen once he gets bitten. Yeah. So, like, they're still present in the first, but they, they really start to be amped up yeah. when he gets bitten. I think that's a really I also cool love how, detail. like, his inner voice when he gets bit by the spider is also what is happening on the text. Yeah. And it's like, why, why are my yeah, inner voices that's so really good. What is that? And he actually breaks the first wall by saying, like... <laughs> What is that uh, speech bubble? And I just... Yeah. I'm so... I love films that, like, carry a, carry a thing all the way. Like in I, Tonya, they do the whole, like, breaking the fourth wall all the way through, right to the mm-hmm. very end. And in this, they do yeah. comic book um, personifications. Is that the right word of sounds? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where it's yeah. like, rack-a-ding, so. wham, woo. Like, following the characters. Oh, wait, do you mean on... Onomatopoeia。That's it. Yeah. Is that right? There we go. There you go. Yeah, it's really good. And you can see those, like, you know, throughout the whole thing. You really can. So it's really, it's really, really good. Really, really good. And the graffiti as well. Like, it's just all f
So to eliminate motion blurs in the film, the majority of the animation was done in twos, meaning that there were only 12 images per second rather than the usual 24. Yes, that is right, because in the entire film, it feels like it's more choppy, but in the best possible way. Well, apparently they have different ones for um, each character. So apparently Peter Parkaway, the proper Spider-Man that dies, his are done in ones. So he has 24, um, he has 24 images per second, yeah, whereas Miles only has 12. Wow. So, like, it makes Miles seem more clunky. And as he improves, you know, it changes. Really? So they really put thought into... Damn. Yeah. That is such, an ex like, such so. a good way of filmmaking. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's really... Really, they pay attention to how that they can reflect it in the animation because, you know, with animation these days, like, you can do anything on there and, like, trying to reflect... But there's not just, like, a button you can press. You have to think about what mm -hmm. would really, like, portray it in the yeah. best way. You really have to put in the work. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Um, so they did that. But the film is also... Although it's CGI, like, in almost every frame, there's, like, hand-drawn elements... Mm -hmm to the film, which, again, make it look more like a com comic book. Yeah. I mean, it's just amazing. And, like, the blending of 3D animation with 2D as well, like, how they're able to mm -hmm. alter the depth by having, like, a great landscape of New York and then just, like, one block colour, like, behind the character and shift, shift the shadows as well. It's just impeccable it's really a it's really a feat and you know i'm sure that this film won the best animated film oscar over the disney pixar animated film which was out at the time which would have been 2018 inside oh, it. i want to say it was pr no inside it was 2015 let's see 2018 incredibles pixar. 2 incredibles 2 or i think it was incredibles yeah. 2 yeah incredibles 2 so, yeah, one over that, which I think is of deserved. Course. Incredibles two wasn't, didn't really hit it too hard for me. So, um, you know, that's coming from a huge Pixar fan, but yeah, do you know actually at my visa appointment the other yeah. day, um, you know, because I'm going to I'm going Where? to Paris, you know, so I had <laughs> I'm going to Paris. Where? Um, so I had to go and. I had to go and get my visa and like I was sitting in this visa appointment and I thought I'd forgotten something and you know how yeah. stressed I was about this. I'd been to Herit Watt like three times the previous day. Oh my God. Um, to print out my documents for it. So I was like, oh shit. Um, and then uh, I got there and everyone had like passport photos and I didn't have any passport for us. And I, I got to my desk and I was like, Guys, I don't have any passport for Like, I was ready to put it down. They were like, look behind you, girl. There's, like, a booth where you can take them. And I was like... Oh, thank God. Um, but when I was sitting down at the desk, like, doing my little anxious girl thing, um, there was a bottle on the desk that was, like, a Pixar bottle. So I had, like, all the Pixar characters on it. And I just kept looking at that. And I was like, it's going to be fine. Oh, that's so fine. cute. Put your besties yeah. here. I was like, it's going to be fine. Um... So yeah, obviously this film won against the Pixar for a reason because Pixar normally sweeps this kind of thing. Yeah, for a good reason. Oh, absolutely, but definitely this was very, very, very well deserved. Extremely. Because not it wasn't only like like Pixar aimed for a different 
element of uh, photorealism mm -hmm. when it comes to animation in the in generally yeah. but you know with sony it's normally a very cartoony yes, kind exactly. of look and this is cartoony but like in a in perfect a like, way. way like yeah. absolutely this is like an, a master class in how to make an animation uh, an appealing animation animated film <laughs> oh my god <laughs> yeah should we cover our shots of the week absolutely yes. i have a feeling they might be the same do you so mine is the shot where he's falling down and what's up danger is on he's jumping off the building oh, and nice. there's that shot where he's like upside down and like it's yeah. really good and what's up dangerous place so that's the moment when he like knows that he knows that um like he's he needs to put himself into this and he's going to make the change and it's like the the start of act three yes um and you know the character has been at their famous lowest point mm -hmm. and this is him coming uh, over that so that's my one because it's so it's like when you hear that song and you see that shot it's like this is about so to much serotonin like, it's, like you know that it's about it's about to kick yeah. off so yeah, yeah. so what Thank was yours ours is not the same shot because my shot of the week oh damn is the shot where they're looking at pizza parker's grave and miles's silhouette is covering peter's grave perfectly and mm -hmm. for me that just like in fact one and it felt like nobody could replace the like nobody could fit in Spider-Man shoes because of how much good he did and the darkness kind of like it totally creates a contrast between the daylight and the the shadow um, because mm -hmm. you know he's dead and yeah <laughs> and you know like Spider-Man was such a good person. Like he's only like what twenty three, so it's mm -hmm. it's very tragic that he dies, and you can also. S I think he's twenty six. Twenty six. I think I remember on the billboard it was twenty six. Twenty six. I think. Don't quote me on that. Oh. Wow. Um. Yeah, and you can feel like Miles's, like. Distress and, like he's broken the thing, and he feels like he's already let, Peter down. And yeah, like all of the Spider-Man merch sitting by his grave as well. Just yeah, it's very hard hitting, and you realize that like the role he played, and like exactly uh, suddenly, suddenly, um, he feels the pressure that he needs to uphold, and there's there's just like a there's no way I can do this. Like he doesn't mm -hmm. even have an ounce of hope. Exactly, and that's usually what happens at the end of Act Three. So to have it, to have that kind of. Um, existential crisis happen so early in the film is one of the reasons mm -hmm. why it's so captivating no absolutely that's yeah I 100% agree with that yeah so the big question would you watch this film again totally 100% I love this film I would watch this film again yeah, too it's it really amazing is. there's just do you have a rating uh, 9 out of 10 yeah, I give it the yeah. same. I, I give, give it, it four and a half stars in Letterboxd. Yeah. I love it so much. Slay. Slay, slay queen. queen. Slay I think it's a really important part of animation history as well. Like yeah. It's, really, it's one of those landmark events like 
like Toy Story and Frozen were for the animation industry, mm-hmm. um, really like sets that bar of like, okay, this is where we're at. This is a historical event. Exactly, and it's such a, such a, like it's rewriting the book on colors as well. And mm-hmm. oh yeah, it's rewriting the book on on animation full stop. Like like the way to portray a character and the way to manipulate color and light, it really um, yeah. does all those perfectly. Exactly. Like, one last thing I want to mention is the portal at the end when they're going through and there's splashes of color. Oh my God, I know. Like it's black and white for Spider-Man it's Noir. So it's good. cartoony colors for Peter Porker. And it's like... Peter Porker, I that's know. such a good name. So much better than Unobtainium. Um, Unobtainium, lol, well, throwback. We hate Avatar. <laughs> um, and like the natural Spider-Man colors for Peter B. It just really sums up like the aesthetics and like it's straightening back out the multiverse into a universe. I'm really looking forward to how the these characters come back or if they do come back. Yeah, I'm interested to see if they um, will go with the same cast or if they want to explore new Spider-Man people. I can't wait. If they do, I think both would be Yeah, they've, they've got a... Like, for a two-part film, I have high hopes. Oh, absolutely. Pass. So, I think that is Spider-Man No Way Home. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. No Way Home? Oh my god. I'm so tired. I'm going right to my bed. It is 20 past 11 right now. Uh, This has been a late night podcast episode. Well, there you go, guys. I hope you've been listening to this late at night as well and you can appreciate... You can appreciate the hard work we're putting in for you. Yes. So before we go, I would like to give you your pick of the week for next week. Yes, I would also like to give you your pick of the week. So your pick of the week for next week is a film that my parents introduced me to um, when I was younger. And it's a family favourite in my family. It's called Wayne's World. Oh, nice. It's, have yes. you seen it? No. I think. Oh, it's hilarious. I think Larry, Larry was talking about Wayne's World, so. Oh, it's a classic, it Anna. Well. It's classic. It's so good. There's so many quotable lines. Whoa! Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> oh my God, can't wait. It's so good. Oh, it's um, just, oh, so hilarious, and a lot of fourth wall breaking in that as well, like a whoa. lot. Oh my goodness. So what is my pick of the week? I'm excited. So your pick of the week, like I said earlier, it is, I think, based in, like, reasonable modern day. Mm -hmm. And it won the best picture in 2020. Mm -hmm. It is Nomadland. Oh, okay. I think you'll be really surprised with this one because it's, again, not something you would probably pick out for yourself. Is it harder? No, it's not. It's definitely not. Ah, it's I like a it drama hard. film. Oh, I'm excited to watch yeah. that. Yes. Oh. Hopefully you enjoy it. I'm really interested to see what you think of it. Yes, me too. I'm really, yes. really excited to watch that. Yeah, I think it is by Chloe Zhao, who directed Eternals. Oh, great. Oh, great. That, yes. That'll be really exciting then. Yeah. Hopefully that will, I'll enjoy that. I'm sure I will. Yes. And you probably are thinking... 
but Neve and Anna, what's your actual film going to be for next week? Well, yes, I know you're dying. Our film for to next know. week is drumroll, please, Anna. Cruella. Yes. Cruella. I love this film as well. We went to see this in the cinema together. This was the first film we saw in the cinema together. I think so, and honestly, I can see the first time. I think you'd remember I wasn't so keen on it the first time we watched it, but I watched it again, like maybe at the start of second oh. year, and I loved it. Yes, like, I, I do remember like, you. Actually, you did like it when we you got out of the cinema. Yeah, I liked it, but I wasn't like. I it was a bit long for me, and okay. I was a bit like. Mm, the first time we watched it like I did like it there was nothing wrong with it but I definitely liked it a whole lot more the second time um, I watched it so I'm really excited uh, to watch it for a third time for a third time so that gives you time to catch up on Cruella and Wayne's World and Nomadland and then you can join us here for our discussion of the three films make and sure to also, be sorry again me and also our scene shuffle topic which will be revealed later on in the week Absolutely. Make sure you check us out on Instagram at LTFB Podcast. You can send us an email at LTFBpodcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on TikTok at LTFB Podcast. The TikTok. The TikTok. Tick. That TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> and you can also email us any queries, any questions, any films you want us to share thoughts Please on. Please do. Let us know if you want us to review a film, guys. Yes. That would be that would be exciting. Our email is ltfbpodcast at gmail.com. It's that simple. I can't promise that I won't shit on it, though. <laughs> Just don't make it Avatar. <laughs> I loved Avatar. We're going to get so many... Because the Avatar episode just came out today, so yes. we're going to get so many um, emails going from Robbie F and Marie going, What do you mean you did What do you mean? <laughs> okay, well, I think that is us. That is us. So we will see you on the next one. And we hope you've enjoyed listening to our beautiful voices for the past hour and 40 minutes. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, bitches. We'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye.